Chris, good evening. Hey. 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 So uh, before we even get into this episode, we need to start with me making a few apologies for some of our podcasts within the last year. They're long overdue. Come on. They're not long overdue. They Just are. We're in episode wrong. 54. That's more than a year. <laughs> okay. Number one, I was wrong about Snapchat spectacles. You have them though. I have them. I still like them. I still think they are a great product, but I feel that Snapchat failed to cap or you know, capitalize. Is that the right word? Capitalize on them. Yes. They, they shorted supply when everybody wanted them, and then they flooded supply when nobody wanted them. Bad decisions. Anyways, $40 million, $40 million write down. I think that's what it was. I don't know the number. I sold my stock a long time ago. Now you can tell the glasses. They're worth more than your stock was. I'm going to keep the glasses. They're cool. <laughs> I'm just going to wear them in the office all the time. Second thing that I was completely wrong about, we gave a lot of, or no, we didn't. I gave a lot of grief to the uh, Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was going to sell. I had a whole episode or rant or something on mobile gaming and real gaming consoles. And I thought Nintendo Switch was in this middle ground where it wasn't really going to do the type of sales that Nintendo expected it to do. I was incorrect on that as well. So I am giving my public recants and apologies on these things. Do you I feel better? I think it's great that you've bet on something that has no market yet and something that people are screaming out for. You say, nah, that's not going to be it. They weren't, they weren't screaming out for it initially. A new Nintendo thing? Everyone <laughs> loves Mario, and look at how Mario Run did. See? Bad sales tactics. Yeah. That's an iPhone game. Whatever. See? Okay. Mobile. Anyway. We're here for a reason today. We are, and we have a guest with us. So we have Lily Collet, also from Raft. Hey, guys. Hey. And she's been on before, but about 50 episodes ago almost. So it's been about a year since we've had you uh, back on. Yeah, it's been a while. Welcome back. Thank you. So we have Lily on to speak about something very specific, as you said, shifting perspectives within your design work Mm -hmm. and how we're going to frame this entire discussion. And one of the reasons why Lily is on this episode is in the last, I'll say, six months, Raft has been, or Lily specifically, has been collecting questions that we often use with clients for brainstorms, for workshops, for meetings. Yes, I have. (laughs) And been collating these into a set of cards, uh, specifically kaleidoscope cards. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how to use these cards for shifting perspectives all over the place. So Lily, would you like to talk a little bit about what these are exactly? Sure. It's a deck of cards. Each card has a question on it. Like Joe said, they are questions I've been collecting. (laughs) I mean, you framed it pretty well. Thank you. (laughs) But uh, yeah, the questions, the questions are meant to get you to think differently. They're specifically made to uh, help on design projects, and they're collected from projects that we've been doing, questions that designers ask themselves, and questions that designers ask their clients. I'm, I'm going to stop you here, because I think one of the nice things about what you did is it wasn't always things that designers ask themselves, but things they should. That's a good point. I, when, I, when I wrote down the first set of these questions on Post-its, and I showed them to Joe, I think, I think it was with you. I was sharing these, all these questions, and I was like, some of these are really obvious, right? And Joe was like, no. <laughs> Some of these are not super obvious to everybody. So I, I think that it's as we started to build up from not just my ideas, but other people in the team's ideas for questions, uh, we got a really, like, we got a good first uh, set. <laughs> good first group. We're not, not going to edit this. We're just going to leave all of a sudden. It's going to be so good. <laughs> we got, like, we got a lot of good angles on things. So, so oh, who's? Yeah, I, I, I have a bigger question. Yeah. Why are they questions and not answers people want answers 
could, I don't know, man. If you can make a deck of answers, I don't, I don't think we need wrapped anymore. See, that's a dumb question to ask. You're no, not, you're, you're barred from asking questions at this point. <laughs> no, it isn't because I think many times design agencies come in, they come yeah. in with a lot of pompousness and we're going to tell you how this works this is how it's done yeah and there's an attitude and there's a method that they they give you and that's what we're going to do from now on because that's why you hired us and i think these questions actually are the thing that you need to do first instead yeah. of come with whatever you think is good for that client right? yeah that's totally true i think there can be a sort of arrogance sometimes in the relationship between consultancies and clients and it's something that we actively try and combat by asking questions. Like the solution to arrogance is ask more questions, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to presume to know everything that the, the client needs to know. Does that make any sense? You come in as somebody who's going to ask questions to help them get to an answer. You're basically like a therapist. They have most of the knowledge. And yeah. we're here to actually help frame that knowledge we're in a way that makes sense. Unearth the knowledge that they have. Yeah, exactly. And to your, to your point about pre presumption, we don't want to presume that we know their business better than them. They know their business better than us. They do. They're the experts. Yes. We may know yeah. ways that they can help cater their business more towards users yeah. or how to make a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. So I feel like collectively we've answered your question. <laughs> yeah. We've answered your question. What was your question? Yep. Why are they, why are they questions? My, my question was about questions. <laughs> but... The, the reason I was going here is that we recently had an internal presentation by one other raft team mm -hmm. that was actually about the importance of asking questions. And it was about philosophical methods of digging up the truth. And by Socrates, who was the, the guy who introduced this? Oh, yeah. Was that Adriana and her I, her project? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And We're going to try to have her on soon, too. Yeah, I, I think she that. can explain this much better than I can because yeah. I remember what I find interesting and I forget the rest. But the point there is that he was even aware that he would not know the answer beforehand, but it's all about people together asking questions and using yeah. the person that is asking the question as the expert for figuring out um, the rest of the answers. And yeah. we don't come into a company with full knowledge of their business because otherwise we would have that business already. Right. So you broke this down into four categories or you, you say suits. Yeah, there's four suits in the deck and each suit represents a phase in a project. They're phases which you tend to move through cyclically. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first one is empathy. The second one is problem. The third one is exploration. And the fourth one is solution. But when you get to the solution questions, then you don't stop there. You keep moving and you come back to empathy again. It's a system that mimics the double diamond uh, design process. Mm -hmm. So it's just new names for a lot of the frameworks that are out there already for design thinking. Well, but again, the design process that you see, what you said, the, the double diamond one, which yeah. is basically explore, collapse, explore, collapse. Yeah. Diverge, converge. Yeah. The, the the situation there is that it gives you a general, hey, you should explore. Mm -hmm. But what it doesn't do, and what I really like about what you compiled here, is it doesn't actually give you any help on what you're supposed to explore with. It's just simply explore things. Mm -hmm. But if you don't ask the right questions, you're not actually going to maybe explore broad enough. You're not yeah. going to explore enough options in whatever way, shape, or form that may make sense. You're simply going to do what you know and what's in front of you. Right, so they're thereby having the assumption problem or the bias problem that again is is has questions to combat that within the deck. Yeah, so I I was just trying to collect the experience of everybody in the team 
everyone we had access to work out like what are some of the things that they asked themselves and that they asked their clients in each of those phases. We have some good starting points for discussions. One of the things I thought was really interesting is we've been we've been taking these decks around. We give them out to friends. We give them out to clients. Um, I've taken them to a few conferences and, and passed them out, right? So these are things that we we just want to simply share with everybody, yeah. right? This isn't knowledge that we're necessarily hoarding in any way, shape, or form, but we believe in uh, sharing with everybody. And Chris, you and I work at a client, and we were actually discussing using these within a sprint retrospective at one point yeah. to challenge the team in new ways of, you know, what, what biases do they have or what are they assuming or what is frustrating us about the program or the process to have a more complete or holistic view on the retrospective, which was quite a different use than originally intended. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but it, it worked really well when we just, you know, at first my oh, reaction cool. was- I haven't heard of this yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, no, no, they, they literally, um, we were pulling them out and just sort of going over some of the questions, uh, Chris and I, and one of the developers said, hey, we should use those in a retrospective. And cool. my initial reaction was, oh, oh, these are for brainstorming. And I think Chris or somebody was like, you can use them anyway. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can use them any damn way you want. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, no swearing, no swearing. <laughs> yes, Jerk. There's, there's only one way yes. you can use this deck of cards. <laughs> there are correct answers to every single question. That's We've why it's a deck of answers. <laughs> it's yeah. written in stone. <laughs> You're right or you're wrong. (laughs) But but I do think if if you look at the questions for each phase or for each suit, they're they're very self-critical. They're questions that most teams probably won't ask because they might actually hit on a pain point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where you're definitely. literally asking for biases or assumptions. So I'm, I'm holding up this card right now, right? We got a, we got empathy card. Had to look at it. I haven't memorized these yet. What are your, where, sorry, where are your personal biases interfering, right? And how many times do you hear people talk about, oh, from the user perspective, but you know they're not talking from the user perspective because they're like, oh, well, my sister or my mom or, or, you know, somebody, my friend who lived down the street when I was growing up as a child didn't like this and therefore yeah. I don't like it. Right. And there's all these things that just by asking that question, and that goes back to some of the uh, Socratic method, right? What are you assuming? Mm-hmm. What are your biases? Yeah. And how do you yeah. start to eliminate those or at least put them on the table so you are aware of them? Yeah. Like if you were just flipping through this deck, say you're somebody who thinks you really understand your user because you've been working at this company for 30 years. You're like, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen products come and go. I know what I'm talking about. I know who our user is. And you're flipping through this deck and you come to this question. Maybe it's the first time you ever reflect on which of your ideas are based on personal bias. Even if that personal bias is based on your experience at that company, seems like it's really relevant, like it's not biased, but maybe they reflect on it for the first time. Customers change your business changes, yeah. right? Every few years, you should be reassessing these things. If you think your customers are the same they were 10 30 years, years ago, ago. Yeah. or th- God, 30 years ago, <laughs> this isn't Sears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but if, if you were thinking this way, you need to ask these questions. I don't care if you get them from us, frankly. It's just as someone who is doing design, you need to be asking these. Yeah. As designers ourselves, we really need to stay on top of some of these things. So hit me with another one. People can't see them, so. Oh, this is I got one. I got one. Okay. When does your user think about you? Hmm. Kablow. Yeah. <laughs> I can think of all the tools that I would grab out of this bag, but answering that up straight <laughs> is very difficult, right? Yeah. Because this is where people come up, oh, let's do a customer journey and let's map all the touch points. But what if you mm-hmm. just have to answer this right now? Just when do you, does your company pop into your user's head? 
Because I think a lot of a lot of times when you're working with a company or you're working at a company, you spend all day thinking about your user and your product. Yeah. You automatically, naturally start to inflate the importance of this service in people's lives. Yeah, exactly. When in reality, the amount of times that they actually think, oh, let's let's use an example. Let's say Google. Google is huge. How many times throughout the day do you actually think about Google? You just utilize it. You just right? use it. Yeah. You don't yeah. think about it. Well, that's a testament to good design, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best example. Maybe but... it's not the best example. Yeah. Well, well uh, yeah. To, to, to your point, really good design should be invisible. <laughs> that is. Boom! I'm using your own point. talk against you. Don't do that. <laughs> so, give me your last one. Uh, one well, I no, I I want to keep on what Lily said because I think there's something really important about that one. To paraphrase what you said. People who work at a company for a long time will think their product is the center of the universe. Yeah. Not only that, they'll say, I want the user to know who I am, where most of the time users don't care who you are. They just want to use the service, right? So if you start asking questions like this, hopefully you start to reflect a little bit that people don't necessarily care that you're from X company. Yeah. You just care that the service you are getting is good. Exactly. And I think it's it's easier to understand if you use an extreme, like someone who's been working at a company for a long time. But even if you're on a design project for a couple of weeks, naturally you start to inflate the importance of this service in people's lives. It's just something that happens all the time. It's important to check in, like, is that a huge assumption? <laughs> Have I actually spoken to users about how they think about this company? Like, where does this idea come from that they're going to you know, want notifications from us morning, afternoon, and evening. Exactly. This is one of these things that we have run into as well, where because you're working on it for weeks, yeah. like this is this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Let's now blow it out of proportion while people actually will use it for 10 seconds a day because it's a really interesting thing that you don't need a lot, yeah. for instance. I, I have one more, and I think I think this is a nice one. What do you know and what do you need to find out? knowns unknowns and unknowns unknowns and all of these things that <laughs> and we who knows yeah and, and who knows what knows <laughs> and um they're just really interesting things to map out i guess because it's really easy to slowly because you speak up assumptions a lot of the times mm -hmm. and people start to repeat them mm -hmm. that they become facts even though that's just because you've never checked them and you've never figured out what you actually don't know about the things that you do know. Yeah, this one's another good check on your process or your assumptions. Just run through what have we validated can be really important. What which uh, which suit is that? That one is the that one is the exploration one. Exploration. Yeah, because that's a great moment if you've done some user research in the empathy stage, mm -hmm. and then you've defined your problem area, and now you have time to reflect and think, okay, what do we know based on the research we've done so far? And what are we still assuming or what have we not yet validated or what have we not yet explored? And that's that's your to-do list for yeah. converging, diverging. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was I saying? That's, that's your checklist for diverging again. Yeah, so what I was going to say is that what I'm the most proud of with this deck is that we printed the first batch yeah. and we've been actually handing them out and giving them out to people together with a question. And the question was, w will you help us and will you tell us what you're doing with these? Because yeah. of course we can assume what these are for, but just as you heard from Joe, somebody all of a sudden wanted to put them somewhere where we didn't know they would matter. 
Yeah. And and we love feedback also on the questions from everybody. And therefore, we have a page up on our website right now. You can find it on the homepage at rafcollective.com. There's a big banner there talking about the Kaleidoscope deck. If you go there, there's a little box where you can put your email address if you're interested in uh, receiving these at any point in time. We will let you know when we have a reprint and how that's going to work. We will need to find that out. Yeah. And there's also a free deck available for download. Yes. So you can get one for free, a digital version. It fits on your phone screen. Yeah. If you can't wait, you can use them tomorrow. Yeah. Today. Use them today. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was all we had to say on this. I think people need to start playing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. My mic's broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't wrap oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Joe broke his mic. Uh. This is what we've all been waiting for. Okay. <laughs> So thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks for Lily. having me on. And Bye. Uh, until next time. Bye.